0: Before we watch the movie, a quick word from our sponsors. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Nostalgia effect the podcast where we examine movies from our childhood through the lens of adulthood. As always, you got me, Amy, and Johnny and Joe. Hello
1: there. We are back. We're back.
0: We're back with the biggest episode we've had yet. It is our 100th episode. Spectacular. Balloon.
2: Did, did, should balloons fall from this? the ceiling
1: we don't have that kind of budget we don't got balloon budget
0: (laughs) yeah well i guess we're not on zoom so i can't do like the fake confetti effects
1: (laughs) just add them in post we'll add them in post
0: yeah i'll add them in post to this audio only podcast (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but this is such a special episode because we are just going to sit here and talk about movies that we love that we probably would never do an episode on since we know that they probably hold up because they're. we know either... in our
1: hearts they're good all right? yeah
0: they are <laughs> classic movies they are movies that we've watched so many times we know that they hold up
2: and it's, it's not like things that everybody else agrees on it's not a situation yeah where it's, it's a... not
0: us objectively yes
2: everybody around the world agrees these are fantastic films
0: yeah i guess maybe to start off we could probably talk about one that we've done a little bit but Only because we did another episode on a part of its trilogy. Mm. And that is Raiders of the Lost Star. Yes. That is one we will never do an episode on because it is... Probably one of the best adventure movies, I guess, of all
2: time. Yeah, I think inarguably, because that's the sequel trap, right? Is everybody loves right. the first one. That's why there are others. And sometimes you really only, you can have an entire franchise that comes from one really great movie and the rest of them have no reason for existence. Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. looking at you. <laughs> Predator, looking yeah. at you. Except for the new one. Except for the new one. Prey is great. But, but the new one is really great. It took pretty almost good. 30 years. And for, there's there's, there's yeah. been,
1: there, yeah. There's been a lot of There's been more bad Predator movies than there has been good Predator movies. Yes, Alien. I mean, you could say that
0: for a lot of really great classic movies. Like Halloween, there are so many bad Halloween movies compared to the original Halloween and the 2018 Halloween. Which I
2: really loved, but a lot of people... I think it's divisive. I think 2018 is divisive. Yeah,
0: well, I think it's more the newer Halloween. Halloween Kills is the one that's a little bit more divisive. I think more people liked Halloween 2018 versus Mm -hmm. any other Halloweens prior to... original but the original halloween is like that is up on a pedestal yes because that is personally one of my favorite it's a gold standard time it's the original
2: halloween yeah and it's funny with halloween because unlike predator jurassic park or alien which i think is another good one because there's only like Mm -hmm. only the first two in my opinion are worth anybody's time Mm -hmm. um but halloween has the distinction of having sequels and reboots and having kind of two rounds of both yeah
0: well no that's texas chainsaw who does that because i think texas chainsaw is now and it's like fourth iteration mm. the netflix one that came out earlier this year did they?
1: oh yeah yeah they did it's like a, it earlier. is the netflix
0: one yeah it was super divisive there's a lot of people who like it because it's meant to be corny i watched it yeah. and i almost had to i watched it at almost three and a half times speed because i wanted to get it over Jesus. with it was so bad Man, i just i just i just turned it off at that point
1: i mean yeah <laughs>
0: yeah it had the girl from eighth grade in it so i was like i want to watch it because i'm a fan of hers it had
2: but... a friend of yours from eighth grade that's cool
0: <laughs>
1: that's yeah. really nice that's, really that's good nice to support your
2: friend. I wonder if Netflix Netflix is their algorithm is famous for being able to track and uh, acquire so much information. I wonder if they know what movies people are watching on high speed. <laughs>
1: at three times speed, I don't think anybody's watching besides Amy, but. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I know Nick does, at least. Elliot's gotta
1: be one of those people.
0: Oh yeah, he does it at like one and a half, I think. I was Um, like,
1: not three times speed, though. Well,
0: I have a special like extension in my Chrome browser, but on Netflix, if you're watching it on desktop, they don't do this if you're watching it on like a Fire Stick or whatever, or Mm -hmm. Chromecast. You can go up to one and a half times speed Mm -hmm. on their browser. Mm -hmm. So they definitely probably track if you're doing it in browser. Yeah. I know YouTube does that Mm. because they have a speed tracker Mm. or they don't give you like who watches it at that kind of speed on YouTube, but your watch time is shortened. It's like cut in half. If you watch the whole thing at two times speed, they'll cut your watch time in half.
2: So if if somebody is watching a 10 minute video on YouTube at, two times speed it would only show up as five minutes of watching mm-hmm. interesting
0: yeah it, it skews hmm. your analytics and stuff.
2: interesting huh well then i'm sure netflix must have a way to capture i mean the oh, netflix
1: sure. knows all all right they know what you had for lunch today yeah I except know they don't they know, know, they, know. They,
2: they mostly don't know how to make any good content yeah <laughs> that's the
1: only but that's the only thing they don't know all right? yeah,
2: everything else they got yeah yeah I
0: don't know. There's a couple things on Netflix that I really enjoy personally.
2: But are those things Netflix originals or Netflix yes. acquisitions? One of, well,
0: one of them is a Netflix original. I think, yeah. I don't know if they bought the IP. Stranger Things. I'm oh, yeah. So that's Stranger a Netflix
2: things. original for sure. They, they are yeah. responsible for the whole thing. But there's like, I love the Great British Bake Off, but that's an acquisition. So it's not really... Yeah, no, no. Yeah. It's
0: not things that like are streaming elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things is one of my absolute favorite television shows mm-hmm. that is currently... Yeah still in existence mm-hmm. and that is a netflix original yeah
2: well anyway we've got um, way off the way off the beaten track yeah
0: we're not talking about netflix and tv shows we're talking about the greatest action movie ever made raiders
2: of the lost ark
1: uh, <laughs> adventure that, movie yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Action adventure. Action adventure.
2: Yeah. It's, yeah, you gotta
1: have both of them. Uh, yeah, I
2: think most people, certainly most people around our age, point to a handful of films that especially mm-hmm. the people that have pursued a career in entertainment and they point to these films, Jaws, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, Terminator.
1: Yeah, the
0: big Yeah, About 90% of those are Spielberg. a uh,
2: Good half. Um, uh, well, and then, and then... Like Spielberg or George Lucas. Or, or Bob Z. Yeah.
1: Which are all in the same camp. They're just all buddies. They all kind of look the same, too.
2: (laughs) Well, they have a look because, and it's funny, because in the case of Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, Halloween, all of those (laughs) were filmed by Dean Cundey. Oh. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The Dean Cundey connection. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And um, I want to say, I think it was... Douglas Slocum, who shot the original three Indiana Jones. Uh, So I think it's, uh, and I'm not, I have nothing in front of me to to back this up, but I have a feeling what you have is directors slash writers in some cases that are from a Mm -hmm. similar generation, Lucas, Spielberg zemeckis cameron and then Mm -hmm. you have you have these creative minds that are paired with dps that are probably from also the same not maybe not the same generation as the directors but the directors are all from the same generation the dps are all from the same generation and so it was sort of the way they make movies Mm -hmm. is sort of generational age associated process yeah if that makes sense like they they probably think about making movies the same way they think about shooting them the same way
1: i was more saying that they all Physically look alike. Oh <laughs> yes. George well, Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and Bob Zemeckis.
2: <laughs> there's there's there is a, a much of everything that gets all of the attention is uh, shall we say largely from white men. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. That's changing, but it's slow to change.
1: But these were the blockbusters of the era. Yeah. I mean, these every, were the films yeah. when you grew up. You were just like, okay, and, this and is what the, a big movie is, right? Right.
2: And these are the things that cemented when big movies come out because they come out in summer. Jaws and Star Wars. It was that mm-hmm. one-two bunch of people literally wrapped around the block outside of movie theaters waiting in line to go Mm -hmm. see the big films.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah I mean Raiders is one of the first movies that isn't a Disney movie even though technically it is kind of a Disney movie now that I have a extremely core memory of watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah Indiana Jones is one of my dad's favorite characters. Uh, James Bond, Indiana Jones Mm -hmm. and um, Sherlock Holmes were the three things I knew about my dad growing up and we watched Raiders of the Lost Ark whenever it was on TV Mm. and that movie I know by heart.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So that was like your first. You was basically like your first non-kids movie, basically, or like yeah. m- like all-purpose movie, I suppose.
0: Yeah, my first like non-animated Disney classic, like you know Beauty and the Beast, that kind of thing. Where
1: like people were getting shot and like bitten by snakes and Nazis and things like that. Listen,
2: all that stuff was in Disney movies
1: too. It was just uh, it was just subtle. coded, you know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was it was just animated,
0: you know. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing about that is though, you say that's a in Disney movies. The other core movie, because my dad gave me a lot of my passion for movies. Mm-hmm. One of his favorite movies of mine growing up, Disney movie-wise, is The Great Mouse Detective. Oh, yes. Which is similar in a lot of ways. It's Sherlock Holmes, but with a little bit of Indiana Jones, and it's got that Nazi rat. Radagast is spo- it's kind of like a Nazi, but he's also more of like a Russian uh what am I trying to think like of?
2: Like uh, know. kind of yes, yeah. yes, that. Well, it's funny because James Bond and Indiana Jones, less so Sherlock. Holmes, but James Bond and Indiana Jones do have a lot in common in terms of sort of mm-hmm. the globe-trotting, the handsome, daring adventurer, even though one's an archaeologist, one's a spy. Well, but there's always one woman per movie. There's usually, for Indiana Jones, there's usually yeah. way more for Mr. Bond. per True. But yeah, they kind of have, it's not like... It, it, in, in James Bond's case, it's going across the world fighting, sometimes Russians, sometimes Spectre. But these sort of supervillains in Indiana Jones's case, it's always larger organizations, whether it's the Nazis or the thuggy cult. Mm-hmm. There are similarities, even though uh, Indiana Jones never quite looks as good at the end of the movie as he does at the beginning, unlike James Bond, who Some usually- Some would say
0: he looks good at the end of the movie. Well, you know, if they really want that rugged action hero look and not necessarily the suited up James well, Bond look. Well,
2: I-, I Uh, no no rugged is good he's beaten up like he is Mm -hmm. bleeding and broken he is
1: on the cusp of death very very
0: i like that because it shows more realism i guess to his character versus like if he comes up unscathed yes although the craig Bond movies, I think, do a lot better yes. job of showing him getting roughed up. Oh, he gets but beat to But a lot of the earlier movies, yes. Bond movies, he's just he comes out so clean. He's clean. like spick and span. What,
2: no, I'm I mean, I'm I'm absolutely with you on on the humanity of our heroes because the ones that have always appealed to me, Indiana Jones, Batman, mm-hmm. later on Wolverine, the humanity of these characters mm-hmm. who are tough, but Wolverine loses almost every fight he's in.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> he and Indiana Jones <laughs> only
2: barely makes it through, and I think it's all really important. And when you have movies like The Fast and the Furious, where everybody is basically a cartoon character and makes it through yeah. without a single scratch on them, never loses a fight for me. I know, I know it a lot. And I've, I have in my own way, I have as much as I can enjoyed The Fast and the Furious franchise, but I know people really love them. For me, these characters never losing a fight and never, ever really feeling like they're in danger takes a lot of that excitement and suspense out of the picture for me.
0: You've seen Fast 9, right? That's the most recent most one. Yeah. Yes,
2: I have. I saw yeah. it. Yeah.
0: I mean, Ludacris makes an entire plotline of them never getting hurt.
2: Uh, no, no. It was um
1: Tyrese, right? Was it Tyrese? Yeah, it was Tyrese. Wow. It was the other I black haven't guy seen that
0: Amy. movie since it was in theaters. That was almost two years ago. I haven't seen it since it was in theaters either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe, you have a photographic uh, memory.
1: It's too funny. I don't. Funny.
0: I can barely remember what I did this morning. <laughs>
2: Um, but yeah, no, and I actually, and I really like that to the point where I really wish that they'd gone, maybe in the next film they will, but the fact that he's questioning whether or not he's essentially been Truman showed. And if he's (laughs) in the real world or not, it was kind of a hell of a thing.
0: Yeah. I think that was probably the best part of it. We're not going to go there and not do it. We're not going to do a review on Fast 9. We think we should. That's like the goofiness I I love of those movies Sure, the stupidness of that kind of stuff. But I do agree with you the fact that they literally do dress like cartoon characters. They all wear the same thing every second of every movie. Yeah. That's also something that a lot of older films like 80s Films mm-hmm. have versus like films now where you get more of that authenticity and realistic realism to a character yeah. that we don't necessarily get now because although it, like I said, it is kind of reversed with James Bond, but now it's just kind of like there's so much action mm-hmm. that you are lost in the action and you kind of lose that realism. And
2: it's it's unsurvivable action a lot of times. Yeah. It's action that would be inconceivable to live through it, let alone to walk away.
0: Which I think we can blame superhero movies for that. Uh,
2: yeah, definitely. And also cg because in real life Mm -hmm. you can only flip a car so many times Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's funny because i love the original doctor strange film and you know i love the marvel films but there's that scene in the first doctor strange when he's in his car wreck and his lambo is just pancaked and it's just rolling and Mm -hmm. rolling and you see that and i remember when sarah and i got rear-ended and it was a pretty aggressive rear end but it was still nothing compared to that and Mm -hmm. sarah had back problems after that i was a little hurt how do you survive the quadruple magic yeah the Wait no! Magic magic. (laughs) Damn it! Yeah, and it's like how did? I mean,
0: he was knocked out for a couple days before he came to and saw his hands in those like. Uh, pins. pins
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, he doesn't walk away from that crash, which is good, but it's amazing some of the things that characters do walk away from in these Yeah.
1: I also think, like, this has to do with, you're you're right, Joe, CGI and that you can do much more crazy things than you could do practically Mm -hmm. earlier. But it also has to do with maybe just um, the sophistication of audiences throughout the decades Mm -hmm. and the sort of um, uh, it's sort of built into the action genre to always go Bigger, yes, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. it's, we're talking about sequels, like the John Wick sequels, which are like pinnacle of like action movies right now. The first mm-hmm. one is is this, and then the next one gets bigger and it gets bigger, yeah, and, it and bigger. it's exponential, mm-hmm. and it's exponential, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But on the on the flip side, like there's things like Mission Impossible series, which mm-hmm. has been doing a lot of also bigger and bigger stuff, but most of that stuff is practical,
2: and it's almost mm-hmm. like ninety nine percent of it is practical. It's usually yeah, like and... the real stunt, and then they've added things around it that uh, Halo drop one from the most recent one and it wasn't done through a storm so the storm was computer generated but the actual mm-hmm. drop was real yeah
0: yeah i think that also maybe stems from the fact that that's tom cruise and he started before i think cg became a really big thing so he has that work ethic of doing a lot of the practical stuff so he kind of brings that in a little bit i
2: well that and he's a i also think arms, tom cruise
1: though. is just crazy crazy he's not he is like just crazy i mean he's certified crazy wrong. yeah
2: so that's actually that's an interesting point because there's studies about people who essentially for maybe the three of us just driving 90 miles per hour in a car on the freeway is like yep this is it this is as much as i want to do i'm i'm at my threshold for. <laughs> i won't even do that
0: honestly <laughs> right
2: i mean nor, yeah, nor will i i, I mean I know I, you, I've Johnny. You, you, you like to step on it. Uh, yeah. That's the upper threshold for some of us. Or like a roller coaster. That's enough. But mm-hmm, then there are mm-hmm. other people who need significantly more stimulation to get to that point, that same point. And mm-hmm. it's just how... Some might
1: say they have the need for speed. Some need for speed. The need, some, some for, need, for, speed. Speed.
2: Yeah. need for velocity. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
2: yeah so, and, and so I think Tom Cruise is, is merely one of those people. He is somebody yeah. who, oh, yeah. who requires that.
0: I mean, he, I feel like he's not only like certified crazy, crazy, he's a certified... Daredevil because he does about 90% of his own stunts. Yeah. If not a hundred. Yeah.
2: And everything is real. The flying is real, the jumps are mm-hmm. real. Everything. And, and and they're all done safely.
0: Yeah. Which is why they wouldn't do a halo jump at a storm. They would create the storm around the jump. Exactly. <laughs>
2: um, even though in my mind though, it's often sometimes to those movies detriments, like a halo jump is really cool. However, it's pointless story wise. It makes no sense to do it. It's just like you're not flying over protected airspace. It's fucking Paris. And you don't... Mm. But
0: I guess that's kind of how they up the ante when they can't... They won't do incredible CG action. They want to up that ante of the action within their film. So they will do a crazy stunt that doesn't necessarily make sense with what they're doing. But it's just some fun action. Yeah.
2: And that's, for me, that's the issue where you have what services the story because everything should be in service of the story in my opinion and Mm -hmm. there are some situations where it doesn't serve the story it's because you want to do this cool thing and that's fine that's a reason to do something Mm -hmm. but if it stands out then it's pointless then that bothers me but
1: then it becomes the the talking point of the movie right it's like oh they did this you gotta see this one they do this Uh and you're just like oh well maybe I'll check it
2: out which Mm -hmm. is why I still prefer the original Mission Impossible because that first one is very good and the rest are loosely connected action set pieces that are really impressive but that's what they are Mm -hmm. Mm. but then you have a movie like top gun maverick where it does tie in everything's for real and arguably maybe it didn't need to be as much as it was but it is and it's spectacular and it totally serves the story
0: Mm -hmm. yeah um so, was there anything else we wanted to talk about with Raiders? Or do we want to move on to another wow, movie? we keep going, movie? getting
2: away from Raiders. Um, I know. I, well, so here's, I think here's Well, thing. Raiders is just so
1: influential that it yeah. influences so much other yeah. stuff that it, we're, like, you know, looking at now. So it's like, yeah, of course you're going to get sidetracked. I mean, we could talk about how great Raiders is all day. I yeah, I think it's, it's yeah. hold on the, I mean, just this hold on on, on mm-hmm. filmmakers, and then mm-hmm. what we want to see in movies. I think it's yeah. sort of upped up the ante yeah. yeah I think
2: what's interesting is is the legacy of all of these films kind of like you said that everything comes from so everything that came from Raiders all of the action adventure stuff that came from Raiders the idea of, of really seamlessly mixing wonderful mm-hmm. comedy with fantastic action adventure is I think movies like Top Gun Maverick owe a fantastic debt to and mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of these films that we're talking about actually have in common one way or another is they're not just one thing thing. Like Back mm-hmm. to the Future is a comedy, but it's also time travel. It's a special effects comedy, which was kind of rare at the time. Back to the Future and, and Ghostbusters both. It's like, whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, wait a second. Comedy and special effects? Special effects and are And for... it's super
1: expensive, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Comedies are meant to be cheap, so yeah, they're exactly. more than just one thing, because then there's also a great romance at the heart of Back to the Future. Just like there's great scares at the heart of Ghostbusters, even though it's primarily mm-hmm. a comedy. And I think that that's really important. That's kind of um, movie making entered at sort of a different era in the late 70s and the 80s where mm-hmm. a movie didn't have to be just one thing. And what's interesting is even though there's so much that came from Raiders and so much that owes a debt to movies like Raiders, Raiders itself comes from an earlier time. It's a love letter to the Republic serials that were from the 30s. That oftentimes were like 20s and 30s that were like silent mm-hmm. films. Those
1: were things that ran on TV or radio. Uh, No, they were in front of yeah, movies. Yeah, they were in front
2: of movies. Oh, and like and oh I see. Because I see like saying. back in the old days, you would get, the it'd shorts, be like two movies yeah. and a Serial and uh, a cartoon, and all these things. You could go for the better part of a day to the films. And and I don't know how long the serials were. I think they were probably 10 to 15 minutes, something like that. And Mm -hmm. they were these Mm -hmm. wonderful, short episodes of action, and usually following, uh, specifically the Republic serials, were following adventurers out in the world and the wilds of Mm -hmm. our planet. And that's what Indiana Jones is directly referencing. Mm -hmm. And Republic Pictures, I think, eventually became Paramount, who is responsible for releasing and distributing. Indiana Jones mm-hmm. so what we see is sort of a constant reinvention of those things in mm-hmm. modern ways and so you have people who grew up loving this one thing and then they put their own spin on it we all grow up loving these things and filmmakers from our generations then go on to make their own spin on the thing they love mm-hmm. so forth mm-hmm. and so on and it's kind of like a family tree of of movies
0: yeah a great example of that is you can go from Indiana Jones to Romancing the Stone to Lost City oh yeah so I was just telling my sister about this today because she hadn't seen it yet and I was like you need to go watch it but also watch Romancing the Stone before you watch it because she's seen Indiana Jones so she mm-hmm. can kind of tie the trail between mm-hmm. those three movies when she watches it. That's
2: great. I, I haven't thought about Romancing the Stone in a long time but you're absolutely right.
0: I, I like that. I can definitely see. You see, see how it. you get
1: from one to the next one to yeah. the next one. It is uh, pretty cool.
0: Yeah so um, some other movies I think that we probably would never talk about. I mean we've talked about them on here a lot because they're some of our favorite movies but Lord of the Rings oh yes, the Peter Jackson trilogy not the Hobbit yes mm-hmm. we always talk about how much we love those I feel like as a collective group if we were to pick our collective favorite movies of all time it would probably be the Lord of the Rings trilogy maybe
2: not Harry Potter I think back I mean, to the future them.
0: back to the future yeah I was gonna say Harry be Potter because
2: but... I would actually yeah for, for well me...
0: but I mean like in this context I guess I mean we've always talked about at least Johnny and I have talked about doing like Sorcerer's Stone on here because Johnny hasn't seen it in a while. I watch it at least once a month. I was
1: gonna say once a day <laughs>
0: Every other week.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, but I have not seen it in a really long time I
0: could tell you that it holds I up. feel like Harry Potter <laughs> would probably be a co- good collective But as a movie that we would probably never do on here mm. the trilogy oh, it, yeah. It's it's just although perfect. Oh God, they're
1: so good. Uh, now, now It's especially like one of
0: the most perfect trilogies of all time.
1: Yes, I would I would agree but I don't know what i was gonna say i just want those are so good especially the the, the extended editions yes like, that's only the only way extended, i watch them the extended editions are mm-hmm. like a relatively like in the past like five or six years i first watched them because i'd only ever seen the, the theatrical releases that i had on uh but i went to go see in the movie theater so i saw all three of them in the movies with my mom and then we bought the the dvds and so for the longest time all i ever had was the the theatrical stuff mm-hmm. and i loved those and then uh you know ward from work gave me he let me borrow his his special editions blu-rays or Whatever, and one I was blown away by how amazing they look, and then two, all of the extra, all of the stuff that's like extra in that movie that Mm -hmm. makes those movies way longer than they already are, add so much care. It adds so much to the overall story that I had never like seen before, and I was just like, well, now I love this series of movies even more. Mm -hmm. Like this, this that's like Mm -hmm. the perfect, like Amy said, the perfect trilogy. Yeah, I
2: so so. (laughs) <laughs>
1: so shut,
0: shut up, up. Sorry, Siri. Siri, we're not talking to you. Uh
2: it's it's funny because I totally missed Lord of the Rings in theaters. Didn't see a single one. I did Because yeah. so mm-hmm. I was never a fantasy person, just never was, and was mm-hmm. only vaguely aware of Lord of the Rings. But I my mom was a big fan and I was working in Hollywood video at the time. I was able to rent free whatever I wanted, and we had the extended editions of both Fellowship and Two Towers because Return of the King had just finished its theatrical run around that time. Mm-hmm. So I rented those. And that was actually the first my first one way of watching those films
0: so you've never have you ever seen them theatrical cut, or you've only seen the extended edition
2: subsequently i think i've seen the theatrical cut a couple of times of the films but my primary exposure to those films was the Mm -hmm. extended to cuts for the first two and i and i was like oh wow these are pretty fucking good these Mm -hmm. are really good and then as soon as return of the king came out on dvd i rented that and my mom and i watched it and i Mm -hmm. was disappointed and then i rented the the extended version when it came out the following year i was like ah there's the Extra context that I need. Yeah, this, this is, is
1: what I was looking. This is for. much better.
2: And so, like, I will not watch the theatrical cuts of any of the films, and it's to the ever-growing annoyance of Sarah, who would prefer to only watch a three-hour movie versus a three and a half <laughs> or four-hour movie. Yeah, but it's like, no, I'm I'm watching them correctly or not at all.
1: I'm watching them as yeah. Peter Jackson intended me exactly. to watch them. All right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like you, Joe. hadn't seen them in theaters, but I was a huge fan of The Hobbit because it was like one of the very few books we had to read it in eighth grade. Mm. That I actually loved because It's a
2: wonderful book.
0: Unlike you, I am a intensely obsessed fantasy person. Mm. Harry Potter, as pretty much everyone knows, but you two mostly, is my personality trait. Oh yeah, it's your blood type.
1: <laughs> she bleeds like, that Hufflepuff yellow, she might want to get checked. Literally, out. I do. <laughs> it's 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 popcorn Cut me butter. It's That's not what red. it is. It's okay. <laughs> popcorn butter. It's Hufflepuff and popcorn. Honestly,
0: you guys are not far off.
1: <laughs> Hufflepuff corn. Uh, You get the, you Oh God,
0: stop. (laughs) But yeah, so we we read The Hobbit and after I read The Hobbit, I started reading the Lord of the Rings trilogy and I read that all the way through Mm -hmm. freshman year. Mm -hmm. And like by the time I had gotten through the books, the movies had already been out because they came out as I was in middle school. And then once I finished reading the books, I got really into them. And I think it was my sophomore year of high school. I bought the theatrical cuts on DVD and I was training for the mini marathon in Indianapolis. It happens every year during the... The Indianapolis 500. Mm. You can walk or run the half marathon, and this was the first time I was ever going to do it. My mom like gave me all these like things. If you do this, you get something yeah. uh, for my 15th birthday. It was I don't a rite of passage
1: and- in your family. It's like this is when yeah. you become a part of the family. You run your so- little marathon.
0: Yeah, so my dad decided to walk it with me. I was training for it. We had like a treadmill Mm -hmm. and we set it up in our living room. And the only way I would actually do the treadmill stuff was if I was watching Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah. So
0: I would sit there and watch Lord of the Rings. And my youngest sister, who is not a fantasy person, she would sit there and watch with me. We enjoyed it so much that we ended up going to see all the Hobbit movies in the theaters together. But I remember so vividly walking on the treadmill and her and I screaming at the orcs.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It
0: was, it's the funniest thing ever. Get out of here. this, this big memory I have in the back of my head, but and this is probably going to make Joe cringe. In college, when I would edit videos, and I I still do this sometimes if I want like a background noise while I'm editing because my ADHD has to have that noise. I will put Fellowship on, mm. and I will have Fellowship playing in the background while I edit. It's and just it's just of kind your, of become this thing. Yeah,
1: it's one of your uh, your background noise. Like you say, yeah. it's like, it's like yeah. a pleasant. It, it puts your brain into work mode. Your mm-hmm. brain's like, oh, all right, we're yeah. watching, we're watching this. Okay, wait, we're, we're gonna dig support part that.
0: Yeah, Correct. I edited so many short films uh, while watching Fellowship or having Fellowship play in the background. And one of my all time favorite tweets this will make no sense to either of you guys, but I retitled every Lord of the Rings movie, well, the trilogy, after episodes of Friends. Oh. Because this is after I moved out here. Yeah,
1: your, your favorite tweets that you've ever tweeted? I thought you were, thought you were talking about like tweets that you saw. But no, this, this is one this of my favorite your tweets. Your favorite tweets I've ever tweeted. from so Uses you, Yourself like Personally. The one where we try to return some jewelry.
0: No, okay, so the, the one with, of the, with Ring the fellowship. Is- <laughs> The Fellowship of the Ring is the one where Pippin gets everyone in trouble. The Two Towers is the one with Smeagol. And then The Return of the King is the one with a million endings.
2: Mm. I was going to say, Return of the King could also be the one where Pippin gets everybody in trouble again. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, but that was also based on only having seen the theatrical, because I hadn't seen the extended cuts until I got them for Christmas in
1: 2019. Oh, wow. Mm. That's also recently. That was like the
0: one thing I asked for my parents for Christmas that year was like, all I want is the extended editions, Did my mom on the Amazon link? she got yeah. me this really nice box set
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think it's the same one that ward has i think that's Possibly. the
2: only way it's been released in that really nice box i mean maybe not yeah it's anymore. like this really nice
0: gilded box set mm-hmm. yeah
2: that's they have one won 4k that... release of that they should no
0: what? i mean i just have a blu-ray release of it i wonder if there's yeah, I a 4k
2: release it I mean, feels like it should i right. think there is i think there is well, they might be waiting listener, until return of the
0: king has its 20th anniversary mm-hmm. because fellowship just had its 20th anniversary um
2: uh, yeah anniversary mm-hmm. So this is where where we will diverge a little bit. I think I love The Hobbit. It's one of my very favorite books. It's in fact I should reread that. It's been a while since I've read it.
0: I reread. Or I started rereading it a couple years ago.
2: It's such a wonderful. I think wonderful... it was like
0: right. I think at the start of the pandemic, I started rereading it, and I fell off.
2: Yeah, it's such a wonderful tight action adventure story. It's just yeah. so good. And then the Lord of the Rings books, I've, which I've also read, I like also, but I don't love as much as the Hobbit. The Hobbit is something truly special in book form. But I will say, if somebody said to me, hey. Joe, let's go watch either all three Lord of the Rings with bathroom breaks and meal breaks, things like that. Because I mm-hmm. do, I do have to stand up and stretch. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's let's uh, watch either all three Lord of the Rings or all eight Harry Potter films. Mm-hmm. I would choose Harry Potter every time.
0: I would too, honestly.
1: What you guys are insane.
2: I'm always up for Harry Potter because Harry Potter because because Lord of the Rings, as much as I like it, as good as they are, is. I don't want to this is going to sound this is going to sound more insulting to the films than it's meant to but Lord of the Rings is a lot of the same whereas Harry Potter has more variation to it there's I
1: mean it grows it's got a longer streak in it, it has, you know it does. It, yeah. Yeah. and it's kids movies and then it sort of transitions into like this teenage Sort of and
2: thing. and each movie is kind of doing a different thing because... I mean, I
0: guess until you get to like Order of the Phoenix when they have the same director for the last four films. Yeah. So it's like you get the Chris Columbus mm-hmm. introduction yeah. with the first two. Yeah. And then you get Alfonso who really shakes everything up and makes it what it is. Mm-hmm. And then I always forget the name of the director for the fourth Mike film. Mike Newell. Yes, Mike Newell, which God bless him. <laughs> He just, he kind of gets forgotten. He
2: does it. He did a good job. Uh, I, I love the fourth really one.
0: Good. I think it's a I actually
1: film. don't like, well, I have so many problems with the, the Potter movies, which is why I would choose Lord of the Rings. Maybe because I never read, I read The Hobbit. Never yeah. read the Lord of the Rings books; they were too dense. I, yeah. my mm-hmm. small brain, could not wrap my head around. <laughs> um, whereas the Potter, fil- the Potter books, I like devoured and obsessed over them. Yeah. And there's so much of like my favorite things about the story that gets left out of mm-hmm. the movie because yeah. you know you gotta cut it down. Yeah. And at the time, Goblet of Fire is huge. It was the huge. It was maybe I think it might be the longest out of all of them. It's one of the longest. But
2: I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, I think Order of the Phoenix still beats the book. It.
0: Yeah, bookwise, yeah. bookwise, it is Order of the Phoenix. I think okay. it's about a hundred pages longer yeah. than Goblin of Fire. But, right. but
2: Goblin Fire is like a significant leap over the length of the other. Yes. oh so yeah. the first it's, it's, uh, the first three
0: uh, it's, it's like three and it's two and three combined yeah i think actually it might be all three of them combined and i
1: specifically in that movie like obviously all of the movies take place over the course of at least a year because that's yeah. the year that they're in school mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that one felt like one it was a long book and so it felt like a long journey and, mm-hmm. and like you have to condense that journey into like you know a two-hour movie or whatever they briefly um, thought
2: about breaking them up into two and Guillermo del Toro who was originally going to direct that film ended up oh not my god
0: obviously... don't tell me this now Like yeah.
2: <laughs> del, del Toro was supposed to direct it and he and then eventually as del Toro does he was attached to too many projects he made Hellboy instead his parting gift to the Potter franchise was no don't make Goblet of Fire into two movies just do one mm. so that was him
1: that was yeah. all.
0: If we had gotten Guillermo del Toro, oh my god. Well,
1: I think Guillermo, if we del Toro... got a Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro Hobbit. That would have been great too. Yeah, I mean any of these fantasy movies where his imagination could go, you know, be implanted into this world, I think would be pretty great. Especially since he's great at monster stuff and like yeah. these these mm-hmm. stories have monsters in them and so it's uh, that would have been super cool. Mm-hmm. No, like
0: think about Guillermo del Toro doing the monsters that were supposed to be in the maze in the third task. Mm. Yeah. Oh my God, getting the Sphinx, that would be so cool. Yep. The mer people in yeah. the lake would have been mm-hmm. insanely cool. His dragons would have been so cool. Oh my God. I
2: would still argue that all of those scenes are still really good.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: they're okay.
0: <laughs> I, okay. Here's my thing. Have you. I don't know if either of you guys read Ready Player One and saw the movie. Yep, yeah,
1: I've read the book. I they saw the
2: are, movie, but no. They yeah. are
0: two distinctly separate things. Yes, very different. They are extremely separate, and that's kind of how I view the Harry Potter books and movies. Yeah. There is mm-hmm. so much that I know context-wise. Like, one of my biggest pet peeves with Deathly Hallows, well, it's kind of like uh, Order of the Phoenix and Deathly Hallows is they don't show, not even in the d- scenes, Harry getting the mirror oh, yeah. from Sirius. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. that is a major plot point in yeah seven and eight yeah Mm -hmm. actually more so eight than than seven Mm -hmm. that's like one of the biggest things and i'm just like okay uh, but at and the, the same movie's time it's just I'm like
2: the mirror's here yeah. So, yeah here it is like
0: I know it's there like I understand it yeah. and there's so much stuff I would love to add to the movies but it's like I, I'm, I'm with you Joe I but I also watch like anytime there is a Harry Potter marathon on it is on my TV in the background yeah. I literally watch those movies at least three times a month
2: so Johnny what's your biggest pet peeve
1: from the Deathly Hallows specifically is that yeah. Harry never fixes his wand with the elder wand
0: yes that is another thing that I have an issue with it. like he snaps it, yeah. He doesn't fix it. Does he keep Draco's wand? What what I, yeah, like I, literally I, 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 I could do an entire month-long series <laughs> breaking down Harry Potter. Yeah. 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 I am extremely passionate about Harry Potter. So the other
1: thing that really bothers yeah. me, and this was from the end of blood Prince. Yeah, uh
2: I think I think it might be the same thing that bothers me, maybe. Go ahead. Is
1: Dumbledore's funeral? They just don't, they don't never they yeah, never that's a that's a great scene in the book. And I love yeah. that scene. Yeah, it's super where emotional. Everybody, everybody comes out and like it's it's great and they never do it and i was like oh
2: so here's the thing because i missed uh, the first i i was late to harry potter as well as lord of the rings Mm -hmm. i didn't i had not read any of the books Mm -hmm. and had not seen any of the movies until the fourth one came out Mm -hmm. and then it was Mm -hmm. kind of that same point because my mom was recovering from a thyroid surgery Mm -hmm. uh and so i'd rented her all of the lord of the rings and she was like oh i'm curious about harry potter too rent me those and i said okay and we watched them together and i was like oh shit these are pretty good and i th- and
0: you watched the movie you watched the movies before reading the books right and you watched them and you read the books that way
2: so i watched okay so it was i watched the first three movies on dvd saw the fourth one in theaters and then Mm -hmm. um for the so the first so the first one i saw in theaters was the fourth i started reading the books and the first time i had read the book before seeing the movie was for book number six so predictably the movie that i have the biggest problem with is half blood prince Mm -hmm. yes yes and there's things that i there's things to like and that movie but the thing that bothers me the most is the reveal of the half-blood prince is such a throwaway yeah totally uh, pointless to the meat of the movie that i feel like that's the one where they probably should have just ditched that and called it something else
0: i I don't know about that i think and this is something that i have talked about on twitter uh a couple times and i kind of wish they did what they did with and i do not want to make this comparison but with the last twilight movies for Mm. they split the last two twilight movies into two so they have I think, f- no, wait, they just did Breaking Dawn. No, that's with the Hunger Games, I think. Anyways, You're whatever. They should have all your teen split- novels
1: confused. They're all just-
0: They should have split the Half-Blood Prince into two... So then there would be 10 total movies. And by doing that, they could have done a lot more with Snape and the Half-Blood Prince, and they could have done a lot more digging into Voldemort's past. And we could have gotten a lot more context to the Horcruxes. One, I really wanted to see Hebzeba Smith. That's just me personally, because Mm. she is probably one of the funniest characters. I think to me, that whole chapter is one of my favorite things. Um, But getting to see a lot more of what makes Voldemort Voldemort, I think would have really helped Lynn a lot more stuff that would happen with Harry's journey in Deathly Hallows 1 and yeah.
2: 2. Well, there's also a really nice like story structure wise. Book six is really about Dumbledore. I'm yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Book six is really about Voldemort and book seven is really about Dumbledore. And yeah. to have those two paired in such a way going through the series, I think would be would have been really great. And it's a shame that we didn't get to really get a full sense of any of that as... Yeah, because I think the that the
0: King's Cross scene is in 8 yeah would have had a lot more meaning if you had the hairy feeling because you get a lot of hairy feeling close to voldemort yeah. in as he's learning more about him in 6 mm-hmm. and then he gets to kind of understand and become closer to dumbledore more as he's finding the Hallows and the horcruxes in 7 yeah i know i said the hebzima smith chapter is my favorite in half-blood prince but the king's cross chapter I read 3 times the first time I read Deathly Hallows mm-hmm. It is one of the most beautiful chapters in literature I've ever read I love that chapter so much mm-hmm. and you don't get that emotion in the movies Yeah well
2: yeah cuz Go ahead. Yeah, and so, well, and I think and I think that emotion, aside from the variability of Harry Potter, some of the movies are mysteries. Some of them have, like, they, they have, like, a mystery at their core, especially the first mm-hmm. two are, are, like, deep mystery movies. Goblet of Fire is a straight-up bare-knuckle action movie. I would mm-hmm. say Order of the Phoenix is almost, like, psychological... Horror, yeah, mm-hmm. and a little
0: bit of a horror thriller. In there. Yeah, it definitely has a little bit of a Fincher feel.
2: It does, and like, and and, Ooh, and Prisoner of yeah. Band, which is Sarah's least favorite movie because it's her favorite book. Yeah. Which is that's the, that's like the common, the thing. divisive opinion. Yeah, is that well, everybody's like, well, yeah, the third movie's the best. She's like,
0: I, I kind of disagree with that. I think the second book and the second movie are my least favorite. I would the agree. Third book yeah. and the third movie were both my favorite mm. until the past, I want to say, ten years when the fifth movie has become, but bo- oh. the fifth book and the fifth movie have become my absolute favorite. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is one, if it is on, I will drop everything and focus on the fifth movie.
2: The fifth, the Especially fifth movie.
0: Especially that in-fight yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. Everything from the Department of Mysteries when they get to the dais yeah. until the end of that movie is, yeah. I am obsessed with that last
2: quarter. I, I would argue that the fifth movie is is the best adaptation because it strays the furthest from the book. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah. and is the And is the shortest movie based on the longest book which is pretty pretty crazy. Which, I mean,
0: I know they took a lot of it. And I know I have a friend who says that the fifth is his least favorite because the fifth book is his favorite because Mm. they strayed so much from it. But I think maybe it's just my emotional emo girl connection to it. And like Harry being so emo in that. And I can feel his feelings. And
2: it's so well done. It's so yeah. well done. There's so much raw emotion in mm-hmm. the Potter films, especially the further on they go. They feel a little bit more dynamic to me, a little more relatable. Because I, I I, too, believe it or not, was once a teenager.
0: <laughs> what? Are you sure you, Joe, are you sure you weren't a teenager like, in the medieval, not medieval times, but in like, medieval, you know, times. In the olden times when Lord of the Rings was actually like <laughs> real life.
2: <laughs> well, it was it was crazy to have Nazgul just flying all over the place, but they were much smaller <laughs> in real life, and that's the thing that is absolutely devoid in the original Lord of the Rings is any emotion. They're they're mm-hmm. very dry books. Peter Jackson mm-hmm. and everybody else did a great job injecting emotion and character into the movies where it was not really present in the books largely, but without mm-hmm. without changing. changing the text they did they they sort of they inferred what should have been there into the movie naturalistically it's really 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 good adaptation work Mm -hmm. but the lord of the rings films still don't in terms of the emotional roller coaster, and emotional content, still don't quite get to where Harry Potter gets to, and mm-hmm. uh, that's why I prefer Harry Potter because you get so many different genres packed in there. You get so much wonderful, raw, relatable emotion, and there's only so far. Like there's only so far I can go with Lord of the Rings in terms of. Uh, I I I kind of don't like Frodo, frankly. I love yeah.
0: Samwise. Yeah, the best part about Frodo is his best friend.
2: Uh, exactly, exactly. Uh, I feel and bad I really, for
1: Frodo though. I mean Frodo gets destroyed. He does. A, he gets a, a, a bad end of that
2: stick. Ah, yeah.
1: And he did nothing wrong. That's the thing. No. Well, maybe yeah. towards the it's end, end uncle, when he's yeah. finally corrupted. It's all him, but.
2: but yeah, I just um there's kind of some I don't want to say it's campy, but there's some overacted stuff from a lot of the hobbits that I think was a was a choice, was a directorial choice and a mm-hmm. performance choice. But it's it's stuff that there's 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 a lot of artifice in those movies. There's a lot of soft focus, there's a lot of slow shutter. there's a lot of formalistic Traits that are kind of pushing me to the point of being like, oh yeah, I know this is a movie, and the Harry Potter films don't have that as much, and as a result, are a little easier for me to digest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's so, I mean, but it's still really good. I don't want to oh, underplay yeah. that. Oh, it's, no. And it adds yeah, so I, much context to yeah, things. It's, it yeah, does. It's pretty, it's pretty great. But I'm just, I would just say, I'm always in the mood for Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. I need to prepare myself.
1: I need you to. You got to get in the, the right headspace. Then, yes, exactly yeah. that. Huh.
0: Yeah, I think if I want to sit down and actually watch that. I do kind of have to do that but because like I said earlier I have spent so much time just like having it in the background I can do that mm-hmm. kind of like what I do with Harry Potter but yeah Lord of the Rings I feel like is definitely one that I have to be in the mood to sit there and watch this pure fantasy action Mm -hmm. so are there any movies that you guys would want to say you would never want to do an episode on this movie
1: i have one Mm -hmm. it is um we'll go back to disney because we're all disney fans here Mm -hmm. aladdin aladdin is my favorite disney movie by not a wide margin but it's definitely like the one i'm like okay it's that one and it's like the lion king those are the top two Mm
0: -hmm. same well yeah
1: and so everyone knows that these movies are fantastic i mean there's no reason to revisit them because well, yeah we already know they're great um and i remember Disney's that being, still trading off of those movies pretty much yeah you yeah. keep cashing in on those movies uh and i never saw I mean,
0: those are the movies sorry johnny go ahead
1: I know, but i'm just like i never saw the remake uh, the Will Smith one Ooh, so yeah stay away do not, I learned do not. I learned my lesson from the Lion King when we went to go see that one yeah. um, I was like no let's let's not let's not even let's not even think about it I sort of forget that it exists but that mm-hmm. movie to me that's like the height of I know it's not to other people like the height of the Disney Renaissance but it's definitely one of them mm-hmm.
0: yeah I, I agree like for me I think it's definitely Aladdin closely followed by I know Sarah's favorite movie The Little Mermaid yeah the Little mermaid holds a very special place in my heart and beauty and the beast as well Mm -hmm. Uh, when i was younger i had like one of those movie theater-sized posters of beauty and the beast hanging up in our like bonus room playroom kind of area yeah and i had a princess jasmine halloween costume and i had Belle's gold ball gown gown, as a halloween costume Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't wear them just for halloween I would play dress up in those costumes, of course, until I could not fit into them.
2: Yeah, until
1: I was
0: maybe thirteen or fourteen years old.
1: Yeah, it's uh, hilarious.
0: I love, and it may be like the Robin Williams genie of Aladdin. I mean, he definitely it-
1: adds so much to that movie without because he's
2: all over that character yeah yeah Yeah.
0: because like if you watch return of jafar which is one that i do want to do on here uh return of jafar and um return or um i want to say return of the king it's not return of the king King of thieves Uh, it's it's king of thieves i want to do those two i think maybe it's like a double feature sometime Hmm. because i haven't seen those i remember really loving those movies
1: yeah i remember uh, saying i was a kid i had the clamshell uh return of the Return of the King, fucking <laughs> King of <laughs> Thieves. Damn it, Amy. King of you guys thieves, yeah. The King of Thieves. And then I remember my cousin had the Return of Jafar. Yeah. And we would watch those a lot.
0: But to Joe's point where it's like Robin Williams makes the character of Genie; he didn't come back for the Return of Jafar. I yes. think Jim Cummings, didn't he do Genie? I thought it was Castaneta. Dan Castaneda. Yeah. Yeah. Was it him? Because yeah. I know Robin Williams came Jeez. back for the, the third one. Oh, yeah, yeah, he came back for the third one. But yeah, it's not
2: the same. Yeah, it's one, not the same. There's those i i think so we were talking we, we started out talking about sequels and i think disney's a really good example of so very able to capture lightning in a bottle but mm-hmm. so unable to capture it again uh, yeah. but like
1: it seems like with all the so like i'm thinking about because like Joe, i'm thinking about so the aladdin sequels yep. uh i know there's a beauty and the beast sequel there's uh, Lion king sequels there's the lion king sequels <laughs>
0: there's little mermaid sequels is there yep. a
1: little romantic? Yeah, but they those did
0: sequels, I think, to a majority of the Renaissance films. Yeah. yeah
1: but those were all like direct to home video, VHS,
0: um,
1: yeah. VHS at the time, right? So those seems yeah. more. That was like a. there's another Disney crash grab, right? Where it's like, oh, we're gonna yeah. make this movie, and it's not. It's a sequel to it because they have the same characters, and it's like I guess it's supposed to. I don't need It's not even supposed to take place after the first movie because isn't in. I, I'm pretty sure I've only seen the them like once. The Beauty and the Beast one, like the Beast is still a Beast, right? He doesn't. He yeah. does not like, yeah, back the the
0: Christmas one takes place. It's like during that one scene in the Beauty and the Beast where there's like when a snowball snowy. fight. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Well, it's because nobody wants to see that dude human.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. but it's just like it seemed like they they didn't. He's the
0: ugliest prince ever. <laughs> the ugliest Disney prince of all time. Yeah, wow. he's hotter as the Beast. He is.
2: <laughs>
1: I <laughs> mean,
0: unless you give me like the Dan Stevens Beast, like when Dan Stevens turns into the prince
1: in yeah. the Oh. Emma Watson beating. Oh, fuck! Men's. I forgot that they made that one into the uh, yeah. Into like a
2: Speaking of film, Harry Potter. But... Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh man. Uh, yeah. Those. Those. It's. It's. It's one of those things where sometimes it's like Disney, stop. Just stop. You did it. I mean... Yeah. You. You owned. Everybody loves those films. We all agree that they're amazing. Let it go. Let it yeah. go. Take it from Elsa. <laughs> 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 Although
0: I. I didn't hate Frozen 2. It wasn't my favorite, but, I, I, didn't but hate. I didn't
2: love it as much as the first.
1: But that one seems like it had a little bit more care into it because, again, it was a re- it was a theatrical release. That would yeah. seem like a proper sequel. But I
0: do forget a lot about what happened in Frozen 2. But I don't think I hated it or disliked it as much as I did not like a lot of the Disney straight-to-DVD
2: sequels. I, I would argue Frozen 2 is, is largely um, unne- an unnecessary waste of time. Oh,
0: I remember what <laughs> happens in
2: there. Yeah, it's it's kind of a pointless... Yeah,
0: maybe I didn't like that movie. It's, I
2: didn't. I love the first it's Frozen. It's the
0: ship one, right? Where they yeah. go find the ship? Yeah. yeah never it's, mind. It's... I take... I <laughs> my comment. Yeah,
2: it's 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 pointless, that movie. But yeah, so Disney's wonderful at catching that capturing that lightning in a bottle the first time around. They really don't do well with sequels unlike some of the sequels that we have talked about that are are really perfect mm-hmm. okay so Amy what what's what's your movie that we'll never ever talk about on this because it's just s- so
1: universally beloved
2: universally that's the word universally beloved
0: legally blonde huh, okay it is I, I think I came to realize this when I watched it for its 20th anniversary. Or, no, maybe it was his 21st anniversary um, a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. Is I think this may be my favorite movie of all time.
2: Wow. Really?
0: After 32 years, I finally have come to a definitive conclusion that Legally Blonde is my favorite movie in the world, I think. I'm
2: imagining you with like the Charlie Day board behind no, you and all the yarn you and you're know, trying to figure if it out. If
0: I had a wall, I probably <laughs> would have a Charlie Day wall <laughs> of just like, what is my favorite movie? I have like my letterbox list that I have Genuinely, like, sorting through them. I'm like, what is number one? It's private. And there's, like, 111 movies on there. I'm like, I don't know which one I want to make That's number That's so
2: interesting. I would never if somebody had said, all right, going to bet you money, what is Amy's favorite uh, movie yeah, of all time? Uh, I would not have been Legally Blonde. It wouldn't have been in the top five. A Disney uh, movie. I, it, it would have been either a Disney movie or Harry Potter. It would have been, I'm not sure which Harry Potter, but it would yeah. have been Harry Potter uh, yeah. or, or a Disney film. Disney yeah, Renaissance but, I film.
0: mean, mm-hmm. I have been watching that movie since it came out, I think on home video. Mm-hmm. You yeah, like, would it, have been is, far
2: too young to see it in theaters, right? Oh yeah. It, yeah, it was out when I was 11, yeah.
0: 11 or 12. I, I can recite that movie by heart. I, I I know it so well. I don't know. I think it's just something about the Elwoods character, how strong she is. She has this incredible arc where she's kind of dumb, but she's also extremely smart. She knows what she wants. She goes and gets it. And then she gets a little sidetracked along the way, but she still comes out even better in the end
2: she's yeah she's she's kind of dumb but she's not stupid if that makes sense yeah
0: yeah and she I think she does a really great job of making and I don't think that she does this on purpose but I think this is the way Reese Witherspoon plays her as well is she is really great at making the characters really great at making people think that she's a lot dumber than she actually is Mm. especially that court scene at the end yeah well with um why am I forgetting her name Linda Cardellini that whole sequence she knows that the pool boy is gay and she's like trying to get them like listen to her they won't listen to her because she's a girl it's just such a girl power movie Mm. that has stuck with me since I Mm. was 11 years old Mm -hmm. and it's just it still sticks with me it's a movie that I can put on and watch and speaking of sequels the sequel is not really that great (laughs) but it does give us one of the greatest Jennifer Coolidge lines of all time you look like the fourth of July makes me want a hot dog real bad I cannot I cannot sound like Jennifer Coolidge to save my life but that is probably one of like the most iconic Jennifer Coolidge lines of all time
1: that is, I thought that was from the first one. That's what I, I don't nope. remember the the second one. All that. Red, much,
0: white, and blonde. Ah,
1: You hmm. learned something new. I today. have
0: the shout double feature on my bookshelf, even hey. though I have both of them on DVD already. Nice, yep. huh? But yeah. Legally
1: right. Blonde. Legally blonde. Huh? That's that is. Uh, well, we learned something new today. It's a uh, surprise. Yeah, I don't think any yeah, of us would call I mean, have I that.
0: mean, it was, it was almost October Sky but we already did an episode on October Sky
1: yeah yeah but you see I feel like uh, maybe maybe you're right though because I was like I feel like people would just say like oh October Sky that was a good movie right I feel like it was one I I mean I don't you know obviously it was the first time I watched it when we watched the movie but I just feel like that one's got more critical acclaim I suppose but yeah I'm also looking it at every girl I've ever talked to has at some point mentioned this movie and how great it is so like maybe it's just Mm -hmm. a it's a, it's, a, it's a sex it's a, thing. It's, where, a, it's a guy a, thing. Yeah, it's a Maybe guy thing. Maybe do we need seeing... to do an
0: episode on Legally Blonde?
1: Maybe. I don't know. Because I, I
0: also have Mean Girls on my list as well. Well, Mean yeah. Girls is a
1: very funny movie. And I, that one I have seen, and that one, I mean, that's Tina Fey, and I love Tina Fey. Yeah. Like, so... those
0: two movies are extremely pivotal in my becoming a teenager. and your yeah.
1: development. Okay, that makes sense. I can see yeah. that. And,
2: and, and that's, again, that's something I think Mean Girls is more widely loved by lots of different people. Legally mm-hmm. Blonde, I think, is specifically really loved by women. Yeah, Um, Yeah. because I know Sarah really loves Legally Blonde and and I saw it in theaters. I did see it in theaters. It was Mm -hmm. one of those times when my friends and I wanted to go see something. There wasn't anything really out, so we went and saw that. Mm -hmm. We did not have a good time. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's not a movie that I think I've ever had any to desire to revisit, even though there's like bits about the like the happy people don't kill their husbands thing that Sarah periodically that I had quotes. a
0: huge issue with up until a couple years, like up until maybe a year ago, actually. Mm-hmm. And if we do an episode, I'll expand upon that a little bit okay. more. Uh, maybe well, we should do an episode. on I don't Legally know,
1: Blonde. listener. What do you think? Should we do an episode on Legally Blonde? Maybe we should do both of them. Yeah, get the full gamut of the Legally no. Blonde system. I mean,
0: I love I love Elle, but I will not subject you guys to Red, White, and Blonde.
1: But you've subjected us to worse. I don't even
0: subject myself to Red, White, and Blonde. <laughs> I watched it for 4th of July two years ago, and, I have, and I've that's only why seen it like three of July. or four times.
2: But why she like, also wants a hot it's dog. It's so
0: bad. There is an entire plot point about gay dogs. Yeah. And, okay. But yeah, Legally Blonde and Mean Girls, I think, are maybe we we could do episodes on those i don't know but Mm, yeah legally blonde i think is i would say maybe maybe it's just a female perspective and objectively amazing film okay
1: maybe yeah i think you know i don't think it had dawned on me until we were until we had an episode actually when we were talking about the sandlot oh uh, my birthday pick and you had mentioned oh it's a boy movie yeah i was like huh yeah i guess it is yeah uh, well, yeah females might you know females so not not to generalize but like oh they might not have an interest in any this, of this, this stuff because it, it doesn't really appeal their to, imagination yeah, the same
2: yeah, way yeah
1: it doesn't and like this movie to me i'm like oh yeah i know like you know girls really like it and i'm like I, I saw it you know whenever it came out and i don't think i saw it in theaters but i think i saw it like on dvd or something um mm-hmm. and i remember thinking it was funny but it's not one movie that i ever like think about ever yeah yeah um, you know,
0: that's kind of a good point that you make johnny like the boy movie versus the girl movie kind of thing because yeah. i know generally speaking and this is going to sound extremely sexist but a lot of people will say oh it's a girl movie because it's a rom-com rom-coms are girl movies sports mm. movies are boy movies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i don't think that's necessarily the case because i think no. lately blonde it does have a little bit of romance in it but
1: but it's more of a that comedy, is, right? Like
0: That's like a sea story compared to the rest of the movie.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, I think it's sort it, of the inciting but incident. But it's still a then... girl
0: movie at heart because it has a lot of female empowerment themes within it. And, it's and also... I think that's the same thing with Mean Girls, although Mean Girls is a little bit more of a romantic comedy-leaning really? film. See, well, that's a, more, more, more
2: coming-of-age-leaning than romantic. Yeah, I, I mean,
0: would... yeah, but it has more romance overtones within it uh. Uh, than Legally Blonde does because there's, and I mean, that's, that could be a discussion for an episode but there's two romance stories with Elle Woods' character in Legally Blonde and neither of them are really strong forward steps in it and it could pass the Bechdel test if the whole entire first 15 minutes wasn't a thing. Mm. Mm. So, Interesting. Actually, no, it couldn't. Never mind. <laughs> it's a tough there test is a to scene pass, in the prison where she's talking to Allie Larder's character.
2: So it's it's funny because I was going to bring up the the boy movie versus girl movie thing as well because in this conversation, the movies that I name checked in the beginning, Jaws, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Back to the Mm -hmm. Future, Terminator, Jurassic Park... Obviously, like Ghostbusters for me. Even like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, another one. Um, like,
0: yeah, that's another of... one we would never do an episode on. Right. Yeah. All I
1: was gonna ghosts... bring that up too. I was gonna yeah. Roger Rabbit was like on the top of the list of like eh, movies that yeah. Bring up
2: all of those are I would say kind of more boy movies. Yeah. They are yeah. a man, a straight white man. I think in all cases, and their journey to do whatever. Yeah. And yep. it's from a man's the... perspective. It's written by they're written by men. They're directed by men. They are
0: the hero's journey encapsulated. Yeah. Like, every single one and of the those
2: female characters are romantic interests at best except side for Jurassic characters.
0: Park I will say Jurassic Park does not have a I mean you could say that there is a romantic storyline in there but, but not, she is not a romantic object no. a lot of the females are in the rest of those movies that you talked about right except for Jaws as well but there's not really a female character in Jaws except for the wife and she doesn't really have a lot of story time because she, I just watched Jaws on Saturday
2: exactly right and in the case of Dr. Sattler she and Alan Grant we, they're, they're not really like touchy-feely the you don't really see that yeah. from them you could believe they're just colleagues and and granted they're not because in the book they are in the book yeah. they are just colleagues they're, the age difference is the same but ellie sattler is engaged to a doctor and alan grant is merely her colleague and one-time professor like so mm-hmm. and and i think that sort of comes through in the movie a little bit where they're they have they have a um, they have a relationship but it is much less about them together as, as a romantic couple than yeah they are you don't really get Get
0: that storyline until Jurassic Park three.
2: Right. But I so I would argue that a lot of those movies are boy movies. They are concerned with boy things. War Mm -hmm. or I mean in the case like Indiana Jones is fighting Nazis. What boy doesn't want to fight Nazis? And I'm not saying girls don't want to fight Nazis either, but I (laughs) think I
0: (laughs) don't know. I don't know. i mean marion is a strong character but yeah, she but also was not- very much almost resigned to being a sexual object and and, and sometimes not the entire time yeah but there are moments where like the scene where they're on the ship yeah she is just there to kisses boo-boos
2: yeah and and she's she's not she's not driving the plot she's an accessory to the plot yeah she's important to the plot she's a great character but it's, an, it's she has no agency not really in fact indiana jones shows up and fucks up her life burns her bar <laughs> down <laughs> and yeah. and she her her only option is to go with him because she needs cheap. where else is she gonna go
0: same thing happens in uh the second one as well yeah with the the singer
2: willie scott yeah and and the only woman with agency is the one in the third one and she's evil
1: <laughs>
0: yeah she's the fatal
2: yeah so it's interesting that these watershed movies, these universally loved movies, are movies that are all kind of male centric. I'm not even yeah. going to say mm-hmm. kind of. They are male centric movies. Yeah. 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 I'm,
0: I'm kind of, I'm looking at my uh, taste in movies over the past year. I've made a list on my Letterboxd, because I love to, to talk about my Letterbox. Uh, you love lists. I, I mean... Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: I And I love lists. We <laughs> all know that. But I did this thing I have called 30 whatever years of film, or whatever age I am at, where I pick my favorite movie from each year I was alive. And the Past one, two, three, four years have all been female-centric, female-led movies. Yeah. Mm. Or yeah. like a female writer, female director.
1: And thankfully, yeah. Well, they've been more of them in. I was going to say, the, thankfully, there have yeah. been more of them yeah. in the recent yeah. years. Which right. actually, when we talk about it, I mean, it's just kind of fucked up that it's taken. Yeah. Into the. Yeah. But if I you know, look at like some of the
0: ones yeah. from the '90s, Goodfellas, mm. Hook, mm. Aladdin, yep. Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. For Gump, mm-hmm. Apollo 13. Mm-hmm. Oh God, those all of these movies, movies are, so good. are. I know. <laughs> <laughs> male movies. Yeah.
2: yeah. And they're, they're about men doing manly things where doing women are. I mean, Apollo 13, there's the women. No are, women. Uh, just <laughs> stranded on earth with yeah. just able to look one, up and worry. The
0: first one that is female-led that I have on my list is not until 1996 with Scream.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm. then
0: it goes for another. It doesn't go until 2001 with Legally Blonde.
2: And I would argue that in the case yeah. of Scream or even uh, if you were old enough to put Halloween as your favorite movie in nineteen. 19- 80 or 79 whatever 78 78 They are women who are these are movies about women being victimized. Yeah. yeah.
0: Although she is like I mean
2: They do fight back.
0: Jamie Lee Curtis is the final girl like yes. in that's yes. like a huge trope, and I mean, that's what Neve Campbell is in mm-hmm. Scream, mm-hmm. where she's still, she's being victimized, but she also comes out the victor.
2: Yes, but it is terrible all the same. Yeah. That's the same arc with Ellen Ripley and Sarah Connor. They are victimized in the first film, and then they come back, and they fucking fight, and it's awesome. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they take that back, and it's great. It's so good. And then T2 is amazing. I was
1: I was talking about T2 the other day. Yeah. Just, we were it talking about special good. effects. I mean, yeah, just the, because, yeah. oh, I was watching the Industrial Light and Magic um, documentary oh, yeah. series you guys were talking about. I still need
0: to watch that.
1: I watched I think I'm on episode three. They're pretty long, um, yeah. and they're pretty intensive. They get mm-hmm. pretty into like the weeds of things, but they god do. damn, it's amazing what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, just that's it's that's it's, it's super inspirational. To, yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, it's like I no, I gotta do something. What the fuck am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I think it's kind of interesting because we use the term guys as like a gender neutral thing. Hey guys, how's it going? Mm-hmm. See you mm-hmm. see guys mm-hmm. later. It doesn't you could be yeah. addressing a room full of women and say, Hey guys, and yeah. and I think I think it's sort of the same, that same sort of uh, overarching, domineering male point of view that where we regard all of our most important movies, our best movies, are 100% men. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is why I sent you guys that Shania Twain gif before we start every episode. Yep. It's always fun. I love good. it. I watched the Shania Twain documentary yesterday. It's on Netflix. It's not like the uh, most amazing documentary ever, but it just makes Shania Twain even more of a badass. It yeah. makes that if even more important to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, Joe, do you have? Have any movies besides maybe like roger rabbit that you would probably we would never consider doing an episode on
2: well honestly i mean we kind of already did one where it was superman richard Donner superman mm-hmm. but it was only because you guys hadn't seen it mm-hmm. because that Which movie, is what
0: i think those secret shame episodes are for yeah it's for like yeah. perfect movies that the other people haven't seen
2: exactly the secret shame i think that was that was a great breakthrough concept like
0: we did that with mm-hmm. jaws for johnny because he hadn't yeah. seen jaws and we did yeah. that
2: for me with goodfellas yep. yeah so superman is one of those ones that again continues to inspire other Films that was Christopher mm. Nolan's blueprint for Batman Begins. Which, I mean, I
0: think it's the blueprint yeah. for a lot of the modern superhero movies,
2: mm-hmm. and rightly so. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that. Obviously, Roger Rabbit has a really special place in my heart. Oh, to I love that, that movie, movie. so much. I need
0: to rewatch that. It. I haven't seen that movie in it, so long. I've been meaning to rewatch it since the
1: Chip and Dale movie yeah. came out.
2: It's just so masterful, and and Chip and Dale is, is a great example of again that that heritage. It's it's a spiritual mm-hmm. sequel to Who Framed mm-hmm. Roger Rabbit.
1: When we were talking about earlier, um. You you know the the action movie set pieces and how they've grown and uh, yeah how each inspires i totally thought about chippendale and and roger rabbit mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. and how one informs the other and just how because both of those movies i think well I think both of those movies are kind of perfect, actually. Yeah. I'm going to go on and say it. Yeah. right The Chippendale movie is fucking fantastic. It should have been and in theaters. It. it should have been in theaters. Yeah. People should know about it. I don't think a lot of people know about. It. didn't watch this movie if you didn't watch it on yeah. Disney+. Plus. You should watch it right now. Yes. But watch Roger that Rabbit. and pray. Yeah. Two movies pray. that came yeah.
0: out this year that should have been in theaters. Hell yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. But Roger Rabbit, man, that that movie like blew my mind as a kid because you're like, how how did they make this? Yeah. How is this real? Yeah. Like, I think it was that movie that kind of um, sparked security Curiosity of like, how did these movies get made? Because yes. this yeah, is a cartoon. So it's, like, it's like that
0: movie that that's like oh that's I want to make movies
1: yeah yeah I yeah. want to make that yeah. Yeah. like
0: Monsters Inc is that for me
2: yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Except, that
0: yeah. that movie is why I am where I am now mm-hmm. like that's why I want to make movies mm-hmm. I want to figure out how to make that happen and
2: I think I think I've I think I've shared on the show before for me that movie I know a lot of people it's the same movie Jurassic Park because I'd never seen a movie mm-hmm. like that in theaters it scared the hell out of me and mm-hmm. because it was such an important big special effects movie with cutting edge technology. There were a lot of documentaries about how it was made. And Mm. so it scared the hell out of me. We left during the Tyrannosaur attack sequence because... I, I was just terrified. And yeah. then I watched every documentary I could find about the making of Jurassic Park. And then because movies, thankfully, were in theaters for a long time. And also probably because I imagine it as taking a long time. But when you're a little kid, even a couple of weeks is a long time. But yeah. I spent however much time watching these things. And then I asked my mom, can we go back and see it again, please? And we <laughs> went. And, and because I could derive some sort of comfort from knowing, okay, this is an animatronic. This is CG. This
1: is, yeah. this is how they did yeah. it. It's not not real. Yeah,
2: and this is sound design. This is many animals combined together to make one animal. I was able to weather this movie that it was really intense. It was... For mm-hmm. seven-year-old me mm-hmm. That kick-started that curiosity about it I yeah. have sort of an engineer's brain And so how movies get made And that that wizardry was always something That was really important to me And I would be remiss if I didn't My career, my passion for movies All of that comes from my mom mm-hmm. And I remember when I was very little And watching Ghostbusters And by the way, my answer I think is Ghostbusters We're never going to talk about mm-hmm. it on the show Because that movie yeah. is also perfect But I remember my mom telling me Because I would, I don't remember what I did But I think I had the vacuum cleaner hose in a in, in a backpack, like zipped up into a backpack, and that was me pretending mm-hmm. to have a proton pack. It
1: was his first proton pack that he built. It was,
2: it was. Because <laughs> oh he God. has a
1: real one now. Yeah. It was his Mach 1. <laughs> it was the
2: Mach 1, the Mach <laughs> 1. But uh, I remember my mom telling me that those actors who I was idolizing on screen, she said, they're doing what you're doing right now, they're just pretending. And I remember that kind of blew my mind, and I was like, wait a minute, what? They're, they're just... not actual
1: Ghostbusters? Yeah, like
2: they're just pretending? They're pretending that all of this is happening? Just like I'm pretending that all of this is happening and mm-hmm. that that kind of unlocked the idea that it was maybe attainable in some way shape or form yeah that it, it was... wasn't
1: magic it was just people doing the job yeah and yeah. they were
2: using the thing that we all have that we're all we all get free of charge imagination mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's the thing is that's what pushed me into it and what makes movies so important to me and was the starting point and the ending point that it's something the reason why i love it the reason why i'm into it is because it all comes from imagination and and a will to to tell a story
1: yeah that's beautifully said I mean, I feel like beautifully said
0: that that kind of is a great place to end it i think maybe yeah
1: I think it is. Because,
0: I mean, like, all of these movies, I feel like, are what made us want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all kind of in Joe more so, I think, than Johnny and I. Because he's actually, you know, going out and shooting people. With a camera. The camera. <laughs> with a <the> camera. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that kind of... We all went to film school. We all we all did the thing. Yeah.
2: And, honestly, we all three work in the entertainment industry, which is not an easy industry to get into. It's yeah. even harder to make it a livable job. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. And true. I used to... when I worked my first entertainment job was building DVD templates at Technicolor and Mm -hmm. I always kind of thought well here I am I'm I'm making DVDs this is home video this is where movies go to die essentially right this is the end of a Mm -hmm. movie's run of its lifetime and then I just kept my career kept progressing to where I am now and and what I'm doing now doesn't even feel like anything particularly important I've not been a part of something as a a, a gravitational sea change like a Ghostbusters or a Jurassic Park or anything Mm -hmm. like that but there's so So much of entertainment is the work a day on the ground stuff and it's all important to that ecosystem and so even though the three of us are not involved at high levels we are still involved and we're still doing work that is important to the ultimate goal of just being able to see this stuff yeah
0: Yeah. you're still you're still creative right you're still being able to be creative Mm -hmm. like this literally what we're doing now is technically in the industry Mm -hmm. and being creative and contributing to that ecosystem. So I think that's a great way to end it. If you guys have any movies listener that you think we should do an episode on that we didn't mention here that you think is a great movie that you would never want to do an episode on personally I don't know if that makes sense or
2: if there's any movies that you think absolutely do not should not be touched by the likes of us (laughs) that we have not mentioned here tell
0: us and we'll do an episode on it
1: leave my movies alone
0: (laughs) (laughs) but let us know on twitter or instagram at nostalgitis n-o-s-t-a-l-g-i-t-i-s or NostalgiaEffectPod at gmail.com and don't forget to be kind and rewind
1: 100 episodes we did it yay oh and i did want to say lord of the rings is available on 4k ultra hd 62.99 on amazon right now all right that's it